Greetings, everyone. I'm Gabby Pierce, Director of Member Relations and ASHP Staff Liaison to the Section of Specialty Pharmacy Practitioners here at ASHP. Thanks for joining. I'm excited to share with you that today's episode is a curated feature on specialty pharmacy from the exceptional programming at the 2022 ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. Please enjoy the voices of your colleagues as they share the latest clinical information, best practices, and leadership advice at the world's largest gathering of pharmacists. Let me go ahead and get started. So, you know, the evolution of specialty pharmacy, I know it's been a really heightened focus within the last 10 years, but, you know, when we think about specialty pharmacy and the niche within the pharmacy enterprise, it's been around for quite some time since the early 1970s. And there's been quite an evolution of different modalities of therapies. When we first thought of traditional specialty pharmacy, we tend to think about infusions and therapies that really supported cancer care treatment, hemophilia, nutrition. And in the early 1990s is when we really started to see some of these molecular entities, unique delivery mechanisms. And now we have thousands of rare diseases that are treated by hundreds of specialty medications. And as we think about, you know, where the niche of specialty pharmacy in comparison to maybe some of our traditional retail community services, most of these medications are complex, chronic, and costly. So it's really, really important that the pharmacy services really support the patient, not only from a clinical perspective, but also from a delivery perspective as well. And what we saw is in the early 1990s is really where we saw accrediting bodies and accrediting bodies that were used to accrediting health plans and physician organizations really take the role of accrediting specialty pharmacies. And if you guys, I know we have a lot of individuals that are new to specialty pharmacy accreditation. So the best way that I can tell you and make a comparison for you, if you're familiar with the Joint Commission, you know that they set quality standards for hospitals, right? We all go through our medication management standards. Well, specialty pharmacy accreditation is very similar, right? If you don't meet Joint Commission accreditation standards, that impacts your payment for the hospital and your ability to care for patients. Specialty accreditation also, accrediting body set these minimal standards so that you have quality programs and what that impacts and what we're seeing it impact even more is your ability to really access and serve your patients, whether that's being recognized through a network or having access to limited distribution medication. So accreditation, we're probably in the last 10 years, it was more voluntary and you could still service your patients. Now there's a lot more restrictions and I'll talk a little bit about that along the way. So we kind of went over a little bit of the basics and definitions, but you know, I think specialty pharmacy programs have kind of a unique spot within the overall pharmacy enterprise in regards to delivering medications with special handling, storage, distribution requirements, and having standardized processes. And I think what we really all strive for, especially those who have health system integrated specialty pharmacy services, is making sure, right, how many of us, I know that pocket over there is very familiar with accreditation and probably live every day in specialty pharmacy, but I know as a leader, there's sometimes the notion of, well, you are 
generating revenue. So you are gonna increase your utilization of specialty medications. That's not it at all. What we strive for is really managing the patient holistically and ensuring that these high cost medications are really used appropriately on the right patients, evidence-based, and we're really driving those outcomes. So accreditation really helps us set those minimal standards, but I know a lot of what we do in our health systems is beyond that. So why pursue accreditation? You know, I'll share my experience. I know Eric and Steven will also share their experiences too. But when we made our decision to really, and it's a journey and it takes a lot of effort and time, but it was really important for us to really understand and build a solid foundation on quality. And on the previous slide, you can see the different domains that you get accredited on, whether it's pharmacy operations, distribution, product handling, security, patient service, and communication, and then the patient management program, which really speaks to the clinical program that you provide at your organization. And what we found like throughout the journey, it did make us better. And you know, when we think in the landscape of dual accreditation, that's still a challenge. You don't want to just check off another accrediting body. You really want to go through the process and understand how you are going to utilize this journey and really invest these times, these resources to continue driving the quality of your program. And, you know, through the process, I think something that I really enjoyed was accrediting body's ability to share best practices. Now it's becoming more popular that health systems are going through accreditations. There's other type of specialty pharmacies going through accreditation. And it's just a really good opportunity to learn what other organizations are doing. And it creates, whether you like it or not, a very disciplined process on really ensuring that you're maintaining that service level at all times for every patient you're servicing. So we'll talk a little bit about that and how that fits into kind of the overall global perspective. I think something that I really appreciate as being and leading a health system specialty pharmacy program is the fact that we are very patient-centered. So fun soon to come, you'll see an AJHP publication as well as a podcast really highlighting health system specialty pharmacies, core services, and how we go above and beyond just the fulfillment of prescriptions. And 75% of our integrated health system pharmacies do way more than just filling a prescription. And I think that's really important that we have a holistic approach across the continuum of care of how we're really servicing these patients. And I think accrediting bodies really recognize that. And I think if you have the ability to mirror your accreditation journey with your high quality programs, it can be a really beneficial experience for you. So just to highlight a little bit and going into the landscape of where we are with accreditation, I think something that's been really interesting the last few years, like I mentioned before, accreditation for most programs, I would say it was a little bit voluntary. You know, I think we understood absolutely the time, dedication, and effort, maybe didn't have the right leadership infrastructure to really get accreditation over the finish line. And when we did, it was honestly perfect timing because now we are learning more and more that this is now a new prerequisite. And you know, when ASHP hosted Specialty Pharmacy Summit, and that was one of the key findings, we had payers come speak with us and it was just very clear that payers are really looking at accreditation as an indicator of quality and so much so that we have examples of payers that are already building it in as a prerequisite.
So just to give you a little bit of a landscape of health system specialty pharmacies, there was a survey that ASHP put together just for us to understand a little bit more on what health systems are doing. And we see that change and shift that most health systems are moving towards accreditation. I think kind of very similar to what we saw with hands raised in this room. And if we were to look at the breakdown of what accrediting bodies are choosing, URAC is most popular and there's different reasons for that. Those of you that are, again, very experienced, you can see, and if you are involved in payer contracting, URAC is considered the gold standard and so much so that they kind of build out and call out URAC accreditation and or an additional accreditation too. So I think that speaks a little bit of the popularity. Also, what we're seeing is more and more pharmacy programs are getting multiple accreditations and even dual accreditations. And I think that just really puts a new emphasis on what we're preparing for as a specialty pharmacy program. It's no longer preparing for one accrediting body, but it's how do you get really smart and make this journey value added? And also what are some considerations that you need to think of? What we know as we survey our colleagues, it's a very challenging process. So that's good for us to keep in mind and also why we're here today sharing some best practices. And here it's just, as we think about like top strategies, this is also interesting. There 30% or 24.8% of HSSPs are really putting that gaining and maintaining accreditation as a top strategy. But if you see right there, the top is payer contracting. And now, like I just explained, the two are really going hand in hand. So again, really important to think about what strategies you have in place to maintain and pursue additional accreditation. So let's go into different types of strategies. Like I said, you know, when you're going through your journey, there's a couple different considerations. The first thing you really have to do is really make sure that your journey is complementing what you're trying to do with patient care. So there's a couple of key strategies strategies that I'll walk you through in detail in regards to your dual accreditation pursuits. And you can even use this as your first accreditation pursuits as well. I think the first step is really identifying and reflecting on why you're pursuing accreditation. If you are a mature program pursuing dual accreditation, we were like our main goal was to really penetrate the payer and be in network within different payers for specialty pharmacy. And when we first went through accreditation, our first goal was really maintaining and solidifying the infrastructure of the quality of our program. So you can see how your goals may evolve with your pursuits of accreditation. And that's really important to note because the next step is really completing a needs assessment and understanding what your options are and understanding different type of accrediting bodies and what gaps you may have. I also noted it's becoming more and more important to be very forward thinking. And what I mean by that is really understanding where the expansion of pharmacy services are happening within the pharmacy enterprise. A good example for us is when we were pursuing dual accreditation, we knew that starting a home infusion program was on the horizon. So there's a lot of synergies that you can build, whether you're looking to pursue additional accreditation for rare diseases on top of specialty pharmacy or home infusion accreditation, that might be a major driver on your path forward. There's a lot of overlap there. And again, you know, the reviewing of the standards and understanding what 
each accreditation body has emphasis on, they're all a little bit different. You might have a strategy where you want more overlap and not less overlap. I know part of the reason why we had so many challenges is because we really needed to hardwire a lot of our processes within the programs. And once we did that, it was working really well. And we knew that because we were looking at outcomes data. On average, every patient that really had us as their choice of pharmacy had a 90% adherence scores. We knew that data. So when we were pursuing dual accreditation, we really wanted an accrediting body that was going to complement us and not necessarily change the way we care for our patients. And that's an important consideration. And like I said, as you're pursuing, just making sure and considering how you make this a value-added journey and not something you're checking off the box. So really pursuing an accreditation body that's going to complement you and close in those gaps. I think another really important strategy as you look at dual accreditation is really understanding, like I said, the similarities and differences and really completing the impact and feasibility analysis as well. If you have been involved in accreditation efforts, it does take a lot of time not only to pursue accreditation, but also to maintain it. So it's not just a quick check of the box. This is something you have to be really thoughtful of and sharing with your leaders of what the resource dedication is going to be and also how that plays in to pursuing a second accreditation as well. And then the last strategy is, you know, we're really fortunate that ASHP has established a new section for specialty pharmacy practitioners and utilizing your peer networks. I cannot say that enough, really sharing ideas and learning from one another and learning their thought process and approach is really important and can help really accelerate your decision and how you can go about being successful in accreditation efforts and even utilizing consultants to really help accelerate. I know we knew that we had to do this pretty quickly and to just have a dedicated resource that's really focused on those standards and really translating the standards and helping us maintain as the standards change because that does happen and that's also really important to note as you're setting up your maintenance plan could be really, really helpful. So some key takeaways. So just note that the specialty pharmacy landscape continues to evolve and it's evolving pretty rapidly. Accreditation has now moved to requiring dual accreditation and we're seeing that more mandated by the pairs. And as you pursue your accreditation journey, just you always want to consider how that really fits into the overarching goal of your program and not letting the accreditation bodies really drive the patient care services, but understanding that's the minimum of standards that you're providing. And each choice is really specific to the health system specialty pharmacy and really going through a considerable stepwise approach can really help you make the appropriate selection. Thanks so much for listening in today. Be sure to follow us at ASHP Official wherever you listen to podcasts and check back soon to hear more featurettes from the 2022 ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. Until then, this is Gabby Pierce from ASHP Official and thank you for listening in.